Good morning. Good morning and welcome on this second Sunday of Easter as we continue to celebrate the resurrection of our Lord. We are so glad to have each of you here. We're going to begin our service this morning with a ministry spotlight. We have a guest today we want to introduce. So if you're uh, coming or going, please come or go. Oh, that wasn't very welcoming, was it? (laughs) We just do want to have a chance to introduce to you uh, someone that's special to our church. I uh, represent the missions committee of our church. And we, if you notice the bulletin this week, you'll see that we have wonderful news of God's faithfulness. The faith promise that we raise every year is over the top of the goal, and we're a month away from even finishing. So God is faithful and has blessed our missions giving. One of the groups that we support is called Rochester Youth Association, and God has been faithful to them over the years, begun uh, amongst others with our own Mateo Hess, Bruce Hess's son. And he led it for many years, and another lady, but we have the new director of the Rochester Youth Association with us today, Rachel Sorano. I'm getting better at my R's. And Rachel's from Rochester, and she's going to bring greetings from the Rochester Youth Association, a group of young people and others who go on missions trips to Latin America and uh, have been part of this church for years. Welcome, Rachel. Thank you, Brother Shea. Um, I'm so pleased to be here this morning. I had the morning service and I'm here now and I'm going to be going to the kaleidoscope class to talk a little bit more, but um, I'm just privileged to be on these premises. This is not my first time in Houghton. I've been here many times, even in my younger years, uh, participating as a participant of the Rochester Youth Association. So basically we've been around for 28 years um, in the city and of Rochester. We have many different churches that connect with us. We work mainly with as a resource to the youth leaders and the youth for different area churches. And I love the Rochester Youth Association because I was a participant. As a participant, I was able to come up to Houghton and other area Christian colleges. We would spend the night or the week at the time um, and just delve in into connections, you know, building relationships. And to know that as a young person, I wasn't by myself out there, you know, as a Christian. And I was able to, to be boosted in my faith. And now I'm on the other side of the spectrum. I was the coordinator for the Youth Association back to school rallies for seven years. And now I'm the director, as a Brother Shea mentioned. I work alongside Mateo Hess, as many of you in this community know very well. And we're very connected not only to the church here, the local church, but also to the college. Um, And we have a couple of board members that assist here, Margarita Cooley being one of them. And also we have Bruce Hess, who's Mateo Hess's father. And it's just a privilege to have the input and the resources that this community gives to us, especially with your finances. And we want to say thank you so much for your faithfulness, for giving, for sowing in good grounds. Um, One of the things that I enjoy about the Rochester Youth Association is there were truly um, a piece of heaven, a representation of peace of heaven on earth. And that's because we worship um, people from different languages and cultures and just nationalities all come together um, to worship the Lord as young people. Um, it's just a great revival that we're seeing even in the last few years. Just recently we were at... Um, 
an actual, we had a, a spring rally where we had over about 200 youth that just came together from all these churches and, and we were able to serve them and they were able to participate. And every year we also come back in the fall to an area college. And last year we were able to come here to Houghton. Um, and we had the support of Steve, Steve Dunmire and his office. And so we, we rotate every three years. So we go to different area colleges that are Christian, Houghton being one of them, Elam and Roberts Westian. So we're getting ready for great things. Thank you so much for just praying and um, believing in youth, believing in the missions that we do abroad. This summer, we will be going to Colombia. I'm excited. It'll be my first time. I had gone to Ecuador before. And this year, there's a group that's going to be going to Colombia. And as a matter of fact, this weekend, we're in an actual what we call a rural retreat, where, you know, Mateo has, who does continue to spearhead the missions part of the Rochester Youth Association, and brings us on board, and we get some training, and we get to uh, sit in different churches in this community and participate through worship or teaching. So it's just uh, all around, it's just a wonderful experience. So we're excited. Excited about being here, coming back as many times as you guys allow us to come back. And again, we also pray for you and for this church and this community so that the Lord will continue to bless you and increase you and that you may continue to, to fulfill the goals that I just, I was reading about in your bulletin. Thank you so much. The Lord always gives back, you know, in so many ways. And he's already given the best sacrifice as we know, right? Through his son, Jesus, but also, you know, just um, and as a blessing in different areas of our lives that we may need. So one of the principles that we've learned, right, is best to give than to receive. And I see it from my end as I was on the other spectrum, receiving from the Youth Association. Now I'm giving back through my service as the director. And I can just tell you just so many testimonies of youth just being transformed just um, by a word or a prayer or a moment of counseling, um, having the experience to experience a mission. Those are all great things that embody the body of Christ so that we can continue to reach others. So thank you. May you enjoy this service and the Lord be with you. Thank you so much. Please stand and join us as we sing our praises to our resurrected Christ together.
We have an opportunity now to give back to God from all that he has lavished upon us through our tithes and offerings. Man of sorrows, man of God, by his own betrayed, the sin and wrath of God has been on Jesus' name. Silent as he stood 
Father, we give all praise and honor to you, not only because Jesus has gone to the cross, but because the tomb is empty. We've come today to celebrate your love, to celebrate your power over death, to celebrate you in our lives in this place as we gather today. Father, as we come today, we recognize that our world has so many struggles So much pain, heartache, suffering. We pray that you will bring relief to every suffering heart. We pray that you will bring your comforting presence to every place of pain and struggle. We pray for your grace to be evident in our world. We pray this for people who are refugees and struggling to find a play, a safe place to be. We pray, pray this in the places where war and violence and terrorism are an everyday occurrence. We pray this, Father, where your people are persecuted for their faith. I think especially of the Christians in northern Nigeria continually facing onslaught of persecution. Protect them. Ease the the difficulties and give them your peace, your healing. Father, we pray your your grace upon 
your people around the world who are serving you. Thank you for Jim and Karen Zemanski. And as they embark on this 45-day ministry in Nepal, we pray that your grace would be so evident upon them. In their travels, in their teaching, building of relationships, all that they do. Father, we pray for your grace here, right around us, in our church and in the churches that are a part of our county and beyond. We pray today for the Immaculate Conception Catholic Church in Wellsville and Pastor Di Maria. Pour out your grace upon this gathering of your people, that they would know your presence and that they would be your people in Wellsville and beyond. We pray for the Rochester Youth Association. Thank you for what they mean to the Rochester area, particularly in places that are difficult. We pray that they will be a light of hope. And we pray you to help them as they get ready to go to Columbia. And may this trip be a, an encouragement to those whom they minister as well as to the group. And Father, we pray for us right here. Some of us come today hearts filled with grief. Some are here today wrestling with health issues for ourselves and for those who we love. We pray for your healing grace. We pray that you will restore relationships that are broken. We pray that you would help us in our workplaces, in our homes, in all that we do. May it be evident that you are at work. Father, thank you for hearing our prayers. Thank you because we know You hear our prayers. And you answer always in the way that you know is best. Give us grace to trust you for every one of those answers. We ask this through Christ Jesus. Amen. The scripture reading today comes from John 20, 11 through 18. Please stand for the reading of the gospel. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, woman, Why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. He asked her, Woman, why are you crying? Who is it that you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, Do not hold to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her.
Grief is no respecter of persons. It doesn't matter your race, nationality, your level of education. It doesn't matter what your job is. It doesn't matter where you live. It doesn't matter the experiences, the things you've accomplished in life. Grief, pain, loss. Part of being human. When we think of grief, we often think of death, and that's certainly a part of it. I've stood by uh, the, the casket of hundreds of funerals, people, cemeteries, those places that you know they that are all about death, and I've watched grief. But I've also lived long enough to know that. Uh, Grief is not just about death. We grieve the loss of a dream. We grieve the loss of a relationship. We grieve the loss of of life that doesn't meet our expectations. Every one of us, in one way or another, has, is, and will experience pain and loss and grief in some form. Now granted, there is some grief that is much deeper, much much longer lasting than other kinds of loss and pain. But nevertheless, it is all pain. It is all a sense of loss and grief. And in some way or another, since it's a part of being human, we have to figure out how we're going to deal with it. When I read the resurrection story, the story we read this morning, I see Mary experiencing grief. She is not in this in particular moment only experiencing the grief of watching her Lord die on the cross. Now she's come to the tomb to anoint his body and he's gone. And as you could, might well imagine, the only thing she can think of is that someone has taken his body. If you were to open up a grave and and the casket was empty, would your first thought be, this person must have risen from the dead? I don't think so. Our first thought would be, what happened? Why in the world would someone take this body? What's wrong with them? What kind of world do we live in? And what I find as I ponder that is that when you think about grief and pain and loss, there is always this searching for answers. Always searching for for a way to figure out what has happened, to bring some kind of resolution to our minds, because we can't quite wrap our minds around it. One of the most one of the most predominant questions that that I hear when people are dealing with loss and pain and grief, whatever form it comes, is the question why? Why did this happen? Why did this have to happen? It often turns into, why did God let this happen? And we spend our lives trying to explain things that are unexplainable. We spend our lives trying to figure out things that, quite frankly, we're simply not going to be able to completely figure out in this world. Other than the fact that we live in a world in which sin and evil have a presence. A strong presence. And because of that... People die that we love. And dreams 
get smashed. And relationships break. And things that, and our expectations aren't met. And we ask questions, why, what, where, how, what do we do with this? There's something about grief that that moves us on a search to try to find answers. And that's exactly what Mary is doing. But the reality is, though we might be able to find some semblance of answer in the things that we face, ultimately, we have to come back to the fact that pain and grief and loss are, in a sense, irrational. We are never going to fully explain why we didn't, why why are... Our children didn't outlive us. We're never going to fully explain why that person contracted that disease. Why that accident happened. Why that dream didn't take place. Why that relationship fell apart. And, and, and we, we do our best, but ultimately, ultimately there is an irrationality to sin and evil and pain and loss. And ultimately, all of the ways that we feel lost come back to the fact that we have risked in some form. We've taken a risk. Why does it hurt so much when people we love die? Because we risked loving them. Why does it hurt so much when a relationship that we've invested ourselves in falls apart because we risked investing in it? Why does it hurt so much when a dream that's been driving us isn't fulfilled because we risk doing everything we could to find the fulfillment of that dream? And the alternative to all of that is to live our lives choosing what's safe. But we weren't created to live safe. We were created to risk we were, because we were created to love. And love always involves risk. You cannot truly love without risking. And the alternative to living a life of risk is to simply wall ourselves off, close ourselves out from everything else, Is that really living? The reason risk is so vital to us and so important to us is because we worship a God who is the ultimate risk taker. This is who God is. God is the ultimate risk taker. Think of the risk God takes in creating this world. Because he created a world in which he, he created the world because he wanted a relationship with people. He wants a relationship with us. And you can only have a relationship with people if there is a choice about having the relationship with people. It's not really a loving relationship if someone is forced and can, cannot choose not to have that relationship. And God doesn't want that kind of relationship with us. He wants a genuine, real relationship. And so he creates us as free people. And the risk God takes is that we will reject him. 
Look at the risk God takes in identifying himself with human beings. Abraham, Noah, Moses. I mean, these are wonderful men, but man, do they have flaws. And think of the risk God takes in choosing Israel. This nation known for one thing, weakness, slavery, and making them his people, and then watching them self-destruct because they continually reject him. Think of the risk God takes in sending Jesus into this world, the most loving response to humanity, the risk he takes to come into this world so that we would see what he's like, and he ends up on a cross. Think of the risk God takes in saying, the church is now my representative in this world. Wow, have we messed that one up. God is the ultimate risk taker. Everything about God is risk after risk after risk because God is all about love. Scripture tells us very simply, God is love. And love risks. And the minute we risk, there is the potential to be hurt, to experience loss and pain and grief. Jesus doesn't address Mary's questions. He doesn't say to her, now let me explain this to you. Here's what just happened. Here's what's going to happen. All Jesus does is to speak her name. He says, Mary. Jesus doesn't answer all of our questions. The day is coming when all of our, when I think many of our questions will be answered, though I think at that point we probably won't have the questions anymore. But the day is coming when, when it will be clearer to us. And we want him to answer our questions. That's what we seek. That's what Mary wants. But Jesus doesn't give her what she wants. He gives her what she needs. And what she needs is to know that Jesus is with her. He says, Mary. And when she hears her name, when she hears Jesus speak her name, everything gets changed. Jesus is speaking your name to you. Jesus' solution to our grief and our pain and our loss is not some generic formula. His solution to our pain and our grief and our loss is to look into our souls to know exactly what we need to be present with us to speak our name and to let us know we are valuable and important whether we feel like it or not. And it's not often the answer that we want, but it's the answer we need. Because what's going to help our grief is not an explanation, it's a presence. Jesus steps into our grief and our pain and our loss and the struggles that we have and says, I am here. I'm with you. I care. And Mary feels it. Her response is, Rabboni. Whenever I, those few moments in Scripture where the author tells us that, that the, the person speaking speaks in a different language and translates it, it always intrigues me because there are really not that many moments where that happens. 
And it, you, know, you wonder, why does, that, why does he tell us that? Why not just say, Mary said, teacher? But he says, she spoke in Aramaic, Rabboni. And I think, I suspect, it's because he wants us to understand that Mary's response was from her heart. Aramaic is her heart language. Aramaic is her emotion. It's the depth of her being. She doesn't have to think about, about it. That's the language she speaks. And, and the, the scriptures are written in Greek. And John wants us to understand, yeah, he, he's telling us this whole story in Greek. But in this most intense, intimate moment, it's her heart. She feels it. She senses it. She knows it's Jesus with her. From that moment, she's no longer looking for answers. She has Jesus. Now, there are lots of questions that Jesus will answer. There are lots of things that, that, as he says, the Holy Spirit will remind them about. And Jesus doesn't just, doesn't just appear and disappear and have, leave them with nothing. He says to them, I'm sending you the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will remind you of all the things that I've said. The Holy Spirit will remind you that I love you. The Holy Spirit will remind you that I'm always with you. The Holy Spirit will remind you that in your grief and pain and loss, I'm there. And the Holy Spirit is continuing to remind us. Paul writes in, in Romans and talks about how we groan with our pain and the Holy Spirit groans with us. When we don't even know how to pray, our pain is so deep Our grief is so deep. We don't even know what to say. The Holy Spirit speaks for us. Perhaps one of the greatest gifts that God gives us as his presence is the church. Something about a visible person that we need. Something about eyes we can look into. Ears that hear us. Mouths that speak to us. Hands that touch us. Arms that embrace us. That's why Paul writes so often in his letters things like carry one another's burdens. Bear one another's burdens. Help each other, comfort each other, strengthen each other. This is, this is the call of the church, to be the presence of Christ to each other. Sometimes the church isn't a safe place to be able to do that. We often give the impression that, that the church is about wearing masks. The, the church is about, about just always looking good, putting, living with that facade despite what's going on inside of us. But the call of the church is to be a place of transparency and openness, a place where we can share our griefs and our burdens and our pains and know that this is a safe place to do that and we will be loved and cared for. And we will, be, we will experience the presence of Jesus through his people. And that puts an onus on us as the church to be that for people. It also brings us great peace and comfort to know that people are being that for us. 
One of the greatest things about how God works in our lives is that when we go through grief and, and we, are be, we begin to experience his healing, we actually can become agents of healing for people who are going through something similar that we have been through. And it's one thing to talk to someone. It's another thing to talk to someone who's been through it. Who knows, understands. There is a grace and a comfort in that that, that is powerful. Ultimately, this, this call of Jesus, this, this word of Jesus to Mary and to us, it's a call to trust. I think one of the difficulties we have with trusting in our grief is that, is that we want the healing to take place immediately. We, wanna, we want to be healed completely now. And the reality is, we will not be fully healed until Jesus reappears and ushers in the kingdom that day. And there is a certain element of grief and pain and loss that is always with us. I'm thinking more and more about the fact that when Jesus appears to the disciples, they identify him by his scars. Something he carries with him. In this world, we will carry our grief. I mean, when you love people, you don't stop loving them. When you have a dream, you don't stop thinking about it. But Jesus comes into it and he heals us and he gives us grace. And he helps us. And he leads us to a life where instead of because of our grief, we close ourselves off. But he gives us grace to continue to open ourselves up and to be agents of healing with other people. And the call is to trust that he's with us. The call is to trust that he cares for us, that he loves us, that he's at work in us, that he knows what we're going through because he went through it. And the call to trust is to believe that the tomb is empty. That Jesus has conquered the reason for our pain and our struggle and our loss. He has conquered. He has won. And we don't see the full extent of that yet. But we live in the reality of it even now. It would be one thing for us to say, Jesus knows our pain because he went to the cross, but that was the end of it. It's something else to say Jesus knows our pain because, yeah, he went to the cross, but he also rose from the grave. And he's conquered. I think, as I've said to you before, I think there is something in our grief that that reveals our image of God. How we view God. And I see that in this encounter that Mary has with both the angels and Jesus. They both ask her the same question, why are you crying? And I've been pondering that because you can, when you have it just written down, you can interpret that in a variety of ways. It may be that they're saying, why in the world are you crying, woman? Did you not hear anything Jesus said to you? Were you not paying any attention when he said, I'm going to rise from the dead? Why are you crying? There's no reason to cry. You've got to get over this. Or it might be that 
there is a sense of disconnected curiosity where they're saying, oh, why are you crying? I don't understand. I've been busy. It's like, you know, sometimes when I was a child and my father was reading the newspaper or when I was, my children were young and I was reading the newspaper. Yeah, okay, sure, sure. Not really listening. Or someone said to me after the first service, he'd update my, my picture if he's looking at your cell phone or your iPad. Or maybe they are saying to Jesus, I think they're saying, Jesus is saying to her, tell me all about it. I know what you're going through. Talk to me. Tell me why you're crying. Let's, let's talk through this. I'm interested. I care. And how we interpret that question says a lot about our view of God. In our grief and pain, do we sense God saying to us, what's wrong with you? You ought to be over this by now. You need to get past this. You need to let it go. What's wrong with you? Come on. Or maybe we think sense a, a sense of God is disconnected. I mean, after all, why does he keep letting this stuff happen to me? He must not care. He's got other things going on. What difference does it make to him? But what Jesus is saying to us is that I care more than you could ever comprehend. And I'm with you. And that's what this table's about. At this table, we see the ultimate image of our God who loves us and cares. Our God who risks everything for us. Our God who is with us every moment. That's what this table tells us. I want you to do something this morning. At the end and out each end of your row, there are index cards. Just pass those down your row. Make sure everybody gets one of those. If there aren't enough in your row, maybe there's some in the row in front of you. We're going to take just a moment of silence. And what I want you to do is to just, as you've been listening and thinking today, I suspect that some form of loss or grief or pain has come to your mind. I want you to write that down on the card. Nobody else needs to see it. You may be thinking, well, what I'm thinking about is pretty pretty insignificant compared to what other people are dealing with. That has no bearing. That doesn't matter any at all. Your pain is your pain. It doesn't, I'm not comparing this to other people. And after you've written it down, we're going to come and take communion. And as you come up, I want you to hold that card in your hand. And as you eat the bread and drink the cup, just say to yourself, I am trusting this to Jesus who is with me. I believe, I affirm that Jesus is in this with me. And I want to trust him.
Father, we thank you for your mercy to us, your compassion for Jesus. We pray, Father, that you will pour out the abundance of your blessing on the bread and the cup. As we eat and drink, we may know the presence of the living Christ in us, with us. Let us hear his voice whispering to us, I'm here with you. I know. I love you. I'm helping you. And may each of us be for each other the presence of Christ as well. We pray this through Christ Jesus. Amen. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread, gave thanks to the Father in heaven, and he broke it. He gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. On the same night, he took the cup. Again, he gave thanks to the Father in heaven, gave it to his disciples, saying, Drink from this, all of you. For this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for your sins and the sins of all people. Every time you do this, do it in remembrance of me. As you're released by Rose this morning, come to the front, tear off a piece of bread, dip it into the cup and eat it, and then you may return to your seat by the outside aisles. Altar rails always open if you'd like to stay and pray. If coming to the front is difficult for you, if you simply prefer, we have a tray of bread and cups. We're happy to serve you in your seat. Just let the usher know as your row is released. And I have gluten-free wafers here and cups as well. Just let me know if you would like those as you come forward. I always like to mention we practice open communion at the Wesleyan Church. Maybe the first time that you have ever worshipped here. But you come today with your heart open to Christ and with the desire to, to know Christ in the depths of your life, your pain, your grief, all of life. And come and receive these gifts from our gracious, loving Heavenly Father.
We 
the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Amen. Amen.